you know we keep dancing around it okay let me let me put it let me put the questions aside for a second i'm not going to go into heavy detail um but at the end of the day i messed up on today's episode my wife ruthie san is back and we're going to answer all types of questions about relationships particularly our relationship welcome my friends my name is benny and you are now in the chop shop the episode last week was such a big hit that um it was an overwhelming vote that you be brought back on this episode how does that make you feel to know that there's an audience out, out there that really enjoyed you last week and wanted you back on the show this week it feels good it feels i feel special you are special babe Thanks. I told her, I'm like, uh, we were watching American Idol, and somebody had commented on one of the singers, like, oh, you're a star. Mm. And then Abel's <laughs> like, and then you, you're like, obviously joking, but you're like, oh, I want to be a star. And then Abel's like, you are a star, mom. <laughs> and I was like, babe, on my podcast, you're yeah. a star. I am. So yeah. it's true. Um, okay. You. So we're going to kind of follow like a similar you know, uh, flow like we did last week, just ask each other some questions about our relationship. And in this, you know, it's not just about our relationship, but we feel like these questions can kind of help people think about their relationship. Mm -hmm. If you're in a relationship or if you're thinking about one or you're still single looking for one, these are, I think these are good questions to think about mm -hmm. and uh, take in consideration when you're trying to find the one. Yeah. I had to make that sound epic. So it sounds really important. The one. <laughs> So, uh, why don't you start us off, babe? Oh, can I see that far? By the way, if you're watching this, Ruthie's working on a puzzle. So, th again, we're gonna, she's gonna look like she doesn't want to be here. I'm not, I don't But this is Ruthie's way of kind of like doing the show. It really helps her think about questions and stuff. So, go ahead, babe. Sure. Um, what's the most romantic thing you've ever done for each other? Um,. Are we, are we saying what, what you did, like what you did for me or like what I I'm did? I'm interested to, to know what you think I I did for you. Okay, that let's, let's most, do that. That's good. Okay. The most, okay, because that's what I thought about. I didn't think about what I did for you, to be honest. Um, not to say that I don't do romantic things, but I think we'll find out pretty soon how, <laughs> how much of a romantic I am. But um, I think the most romantic thing that you ever did for me, it was the pandemic. It was 2020. Uh, it was pretty early on. It was probably like April, maybe May of 2020. Mm -hmm. So like restaurants were like legit shut down. Like you yeah. could not go. There was even a time that we had a, I forgot what they called it, but some kind of order where you couldn't even drive past a yeah. certain time. Like they were not threatening, but they said, hey, if you're a curfew, if you're past, if you're out past this time, like the police have the right to pull you over and send that. you back home. Remember that? Yeah. So I remember it was one night and, uh, I don't remember if it was a weeknight or a weekend or anything, but Ruthie's like, hey, I got something special for us planned. I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, what did this girl do? Like, every it's closed everywhere. We can't go anywhere. And at the time, we were living at my parents' house. We had just moved back mm -hmm. from, yeah. from your mom's house up north, but, but you know, like a few months before that, moved back from San Diego. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, I go outside, and you had decorated the back of our suv into like this like intimate picnic 
it was nighttime, right? So she had lights on there. You had like a couple, couple blankets. Yeah. You had a little bit of wine. Like it was, and it was, I thought it was like super cute and very it was super thoughtful. Cute. Very thoughtful. Um, and then mind you, because we were like, you know, two months into the pandemic, it had been a while since we had like a legit date, just you mm-hmm. and me. And mind you, it was just outside in front of our house. So mm-hmm. there's me and Ruthie. And I might have a picture on my Instagram, maybe. But you and I had like a, it wasn't necessarily dinner. Was it dinner? It wasn't dinner. It was like no, a. because like I a, had like little snacks. Yeah. Like it was so it was like a, like a night picnic in the back of our car. You know, the trunk was up. Trunk was not closed. Uh, trunk was <laughs> up, and the lights were on. The, you know, the stars, and uh, I think we even put on a little music. And we we're just back then. We we're just talking, and I thought that was like probably one of the most romantic that things. That was very romantic. It was me. okay. Let's let's find out how much romantic I am, babe. What's the r- most romantic thing I ever did for you? I was hoping the question was the other way around because I had an answer for mine. Oh. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I. <laughs> There was I don't I can't really think of like a big grand gesture that you that was like wow that was so romantic of him. I feel like you do like a lot of little things like getting me flowers yeah, or little like things I do. coming home with like treats that you know that I like. Yeah. Um but big gestures. Like big grand things. I mean the, or like if you unexpectedly plan a date for us including like babysitting and like the whole nine yeah, like yeah. For me, that's very romantic because it makes me feel like you thought about me. And, yeah. like, it wasn't just like, oh, let's go on a date. But it's like you thought about where to take me. Yeah. You made that decision for me, so thank you. And on top of that, like, you took care of babysitting, which is, like, a huge, like, mental load. Right. Um, relief there. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So, guys, I mean, honestly, I don't. I don't do like big romantic things. Like yeah. I do more small gestures. So Ruthie is the more romantic one out of us two. Um, so that's just honestly what it is. <laughs> I got to be better. I can be better. I should be better. Do better. Okay. Next question. How do you balance spending time together as a couple with your individual interests and hobbies? So how do we balance the time together and then individually? Um, I mean, we each have a day of the week where we Mm -hmm. do something for ourselves. And one, I think that helps, like, for me, that helps, like, my mental health. Yeah. And it just helps me also, like, remain, there's, like, a sense of, like, there's, like, I'm still here. Like, I'm, like, me, Ruthie, as a person, not as a mom or as a wife. Like, I have my own stuff. Um, and then you know you have your night where you you know do your thing and then the rest of the week i feel like we're pretty good at um you know spending time with each other with the kids um so i would feel like i mean so we each have like a we call it guy night where i go with the guys or girl night where she goes with her friends and the other person on that night will stay home with the kids you know take care of the responsibilities at home um, like she said, I think it's it works out. You know, sometimes we take more than one night out, out depending on the week and depending how hard we're going and how fast we're going. But I will, I will push back though. I think we we are okay when it comes to time together, like with the kids. But when it comes like time with just me and her, yeah. honestly, we lack a little bit there. Um, 
it's kind of a struggle right now because we have Dahlia and she's only eight months. So she's very needy and it's not like we can really, you know what I mean? Like sometimes even when we're just together in the living room watching mm-hmm. a show or just talking like she's there. And any moment she could wake up and one of <laughs> us needs to go get her, you know? Mm-hmm. So honestly, when it comes to just me and you, like we could use some more work there. Yeah. Um, that is an area that we kind of lack in a little bit. But Again, we try to give each other the time to go out, do what we enjoy doing with our friends or individually, you know. Um, Ruthie is actually a big hobby person. Ruthie likes to get into different types of hobbies uh, and she ends up doing, she ends up being good at all of the ones that she does. But um, so like giving each other that time to be able to do those things is important because like, like Ruthie said, like it's sometimes you get caught up with like, oh, I'm the dad and I'm a husband and like. It can be hard to do that and then work. Like sometimes you need a day to just go with the boys or go with the girls and just hang out and, you know, just enjoy enjoy your time with your friends. So, mm-hmm. uh, go ahead. Next question. Um, what's your favorite inside joke or shared memory as a couple? Mm, inside joke. Do we have any inside jokes? I don't know. I don't feel like we have necessarily an inside joke. Um, but I mentioned it last week that I feel like a lot of our, like, like funny moments together is when we're about to go to bed, you know, Mm -hmm. and we talk and I don't know, I don't know what it is, but we end up like being, we're both very funny at that moment. (laughs) Our, our comedian level goes from like a four to like a 12. It just blows out and we're both, it's like so funny that we make each other laugh. I don't know what it is. Okay. I mean, in my meter, yeah, but maybe not in yours. But what about you? Like, that's what? your shared memory. Um, I think my favorite shared memory is the sticky notes. Okay, share the sticky notes story while I get another. So, Lacroix. When we were dating, um, he his brother was also had a girlfriend, and so we were there. I don't know why we were hanging out at your parents' house without you guys, but we were at your parents' house. And so we thought it would be really funny to like cover your guys' rooms in like sticky notes. So like we put sticky, you know, notes all over the walls and like your bed and your dresser and on like on some yeah. of the sticky notes we did put like a little, you know, things that we loved about you. Mm-hmm. Um or things I loved about you. Hang on, the um, Croy. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um and then, like, you guys got home, and your brother went up to his room and saw, you know, the mess of sticky notes all over his room, and he thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And then you came home, and you I went did. to your room mm-hmm. and saw the mess of sticky notes, and you were not happy. I was not happy. You, honestly, <clears throat> that hurt my heart a little bit. A little bit? A lot of it. Yeah. And I remember you being, like, so upset. And, like, you even asked me to take it all down. I did. To, like, clean it up. And I remember, I'm, I don't know that I cried right then and there, but I remember I was so mad. I, like, got in my car, I left, and I for sure cried on the way home. And I was like, this guy, like, has no sense of humor, apparently, because I thought it was hilarious. And I, I couldn't you even. Didn't. I couldn't even tell you what I was thinking on why I was so upset about that. It was like not a prank, but it was just like a you know, 
I don't know. It wasn't supposed to be that serious, but apparently you were not happy about it. I took it. it very seriously. But then it was it kind of full circle to brought it all together because when he proposed the way he proposed, he he like used a sticky note. I did. Um, yeah. in the proposal, which we can tell that story later, but just kind of came full circle and I was like, oh, okay, he's not that mad about it. I was trying to redeem the sticky note. I didn't yeah. want the sticky note to be a symbol of uh, sadness yeah. in our marriage. <laughs> so I brought it back to bring it some joy. Yeah. Um, so that's my favorite shared memory. That's mm. her favorite shared memory? It's just because it's like f- I mean, now funny, it's kind of but- funny, but before it was kind of like, I don't even, again, I can't even tell you why I was so upset yeah. about it. I have to think about that one. Next question. Oh, are, am I reading all of them now? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't see. Five? Where's your glasses? I can't see without Ruthie my glasses. Ruthie doesn't like wearing glasses. What's your go-to date night activity at, oh, or restaurant? You're about to blow people's ears out. <laughs> okay, say it again because people didn't, because you just blew out their sub and they have no idea what you just said. <laughs> What's your go-to date night activity or restaurant? Um, in the beginning, our go-to date night was a movie, dinner, dinner and a movie. And a movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still like that. Yeah, but I, we don't I, go to the movies that don't. much anymore, though. <laughs> we don't. We don't. We. I don't know why, but well, there's not that many good movies out. No, I don't think it's necessarily that. I think what it is is like now that we have three kids. Whoever we leave the kids with, that's a long night because it's a hour and a half dinner and then another yeah. hour and a half to our movie, you know. And again, I mean, depending on where we're going to eat and where we're going, we could do it. But in the beginning, it was definitely movie and or dinner and a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's usually just dinner. Yeah. And I think I like that, too, because we get to take our time, go somewhere, mm-hmm. take our time. You know, and we just get to talk and just kind of yeah. catch up. That's our, honestly sometimes that's our moment to just catch up on everything. Yeah. What's your favorite restaurant to go to? Uh, Starks. I was gonna say that. Yeah, it's very intimate. Food is great, and it's a place that I feel like I can just like relax and mm-hmm. take my time. Well, and it's a treat for both of us because we don't really get to eat that stuff. Oh, I was to say we don't get to eat, and so it's no, the only time like, we get to eat food. <laughs> we don't get to have that kind of food very often so that's true it, it, it is a, it's treat. a treat yeah yeah um next question how do you show appreciation and gratitude for each other in your day-to-day lives i think it's all about the little stuff the you know in the mornings when you like make me coffee and like bring it to me while i'm you know yeah pumping or working or whatever um and like I think it's it's always those little things that it, like reminds me like oh like I love you or you know I'm thinking about you yeah. stuff like that yeah I, I, again yeah it's, for me it's the same little things um, like you do a good job of tidying up the house and even though that's not something that you're directly doing like you know for me you know like bringing me a coffee or anything. Every time I come home and it's clean, I take that as a, you're showing me that your your appreciation and gratitude, and because you know how much I enjoy coming home to like a clean house, mm-hmm. and so I feel like that for me is um, it rings my bell. Hey, 
That sounded bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, where do we go from here? What does that mean? Um, no, like it, 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 you know, I mean, it, it uh, <clears throat> fills my love tank. I'm sorry. I don't want, I, that sounds lame too, but. Sounds better than the other thing you does said. Does it? Ring my bell? <laughs> Ring my bell. Okay. But, um, yeah, so. Um, next question. That's you. What advice would you give to newlyweds or couples just starting out on their relationship? Um, hang on to your seat because it's going to be a bumpy ride. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think about us. Like the first week we got, there was thing is like when we got married, the day after we flew out to Hawaii to move out to live out there. Mm. So there was a lot of things going on. Um, but the first week and the first week that we were there was like a honeymoon. So, I mean, we were riding on cloud nine for probably about a week or two. Um, I would say this and I, you know what? I'm going to steal this cause it's not mine, but I was listening to Tim Ross, the basement. I shared this with you the other day that mm-hmm. he said something that I thought was really cool and I'm going to butcher it up like crazy, but he had, he had talked about vows and, when you say I do and how it's kind of impossible to really know the other person when you get married, like, because you don't really know somebody like that until you live with them until you're actually there in, in the trenches, like every single day. Right. So he had, he, the way he described it was, you know, when you say I do, you're saying I do to all of the unknown things. Like you're mm-hmm. saying that I'm willing to risk my my comfort zone for all of these unknown things that I don't know about this other person. And I feel like that really kind of like threw me back. Like, man, I I wish I kind of had that perspective because I didn't, you know, I didn't have that perspective going in, in the beginning. So if you're newly, you know, wedded, wedded, if you're newly married, um, (laughs) or if you're about to get into marriage, Understand that your idea is for all the unknowns, and there are unknowns, and that's okay that there are unknowns. Like, there are things that you just don't know about the other person that you have to, like, there's things that I feel like, and now, like, there are things that you and I are doing now that I'm like, now I'm starting to understand, you know what I mean? Like, and we've been together for over 10 years now, so mm-hmm. there are things that are unknown, and you're going to learn along the way, and that's okay. Just go in with that perspective. What would your yeah. advice be? Um, I feel like this is something that everybody says, but it just so key mm-hmm. to everything is like communication. I think learning how to communicate um, is a big thing that you will need to learn. And, and a lot of that comes from knowing um, yourself and... Um, and knowing how to communicate with the other person because like in in arguments that you might have like i feel yeah. like um a lot of times especially in the you know beginning m- maybe things might come off like defensive like you yeah. might be very defensive um or even as you know we've been together for 10 years like you said and right. there's been times where i get plenty defensive because it's like you know me like you know i don't maybe don't mean things in a certain way or you know me by now like why do you do things this way um and so 
I get very defensive and I know you can be very defensive as well. And so just learn like knowing that about yourself and about the other person. Um, and just like I said, learning just how to communicate with each other because that's going to be. I mean, you communi- You have to communicate every day, every day and yeah. learning the communication style of the other person as well. Um, just like I said, communication is huge. Um, yeah. And it's very important. So the easier yeah. that you can make that, the better. No, 100% agree. So true. Listen, before we get into the next question, if you guys are enjoying this podcast, do me a favor. Subscribe. Any podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, or even this YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button. And the reason why I'm telling you that is because every time you do that, you're telling the platform, hey, more people need to see this. More people need to hear this. And so if you guys are enjoying this episode, if you're enjoying the show, if you enjoy having Ruthie on the show, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the channel, and it will help us get in front of more people, more eyes, which will help us continue to do what we're doing here at the Chop Shop. And that is entertaining people, bringing people closer to Jesus, showing them that a life with Jesus is so much better than the life out there without Jesus. And uh, so do that today, right now. Stop what you're doing. Hit the subscribe button. Follow. Or, you know, Apple says follow. Spotify, subscribe. YouTube, subscribe. And then share it with somebody. And that will help us get in front of more people. Um. Okay. What's the craziest adventure or trip you've taken together as a couple? Um, I think moving to Hawaii. That, that was, was a wild time. Yeah. Just because literally like the day after our wedding, we had to like leave and we, it wasn't a, it wasn't your typical, um, you know, honeymoon where, you know, you leave and come back and yeah. see the rest of your family. It was like, we're leaving you know, somewhere in the middle of the ocean and I'm not seeing you guys for, I don't know how long, like right. it, you know? And so, and you're moving there, like not knowing anyone, right. literally just your partner, yeah. you like, and you know, we're newlywed. So like our, you know, if not that I ever did this, but you know, should I get into an argument? Like I don't have anyone to like go and, like vent to or just leave for a second you know like we literally it was just us uh, yeah just us and so that in itself was like a huge yeah i think i think um yeah i mean we we've taken a few trips we've had a few different adventures we've again lived in hawaii we've lived in san diego um i think that our trip to to san diego was a crazy was kind of a crazy trip crazy adventure (laughs) um just because we you know our home was here we had abel and mateo already um mateo was a baby until six months and Mm -hmm. i had a job you had a job here we had an apartment here we were involved in church and ministry and um we made the decision to go (laughs) and uh that's an episode by itself, I feel like. I don't like to talk about it. I know you don't like talking about it, but it is part of our history. You can find mm-hmm. it in the record books. And honestly, uh, when we first moved down there, it was a, it was exciting for me. I mean, um, what it meant for us, what it meant for our family. Um, 
and the way it ended was horrible and the way the, you know everything didn't come to you know everything didn't click like we thought it would uh and so but it's part of our like i think without that we're not who we are today would you agree mm, to an extent yeah i agree with myself <laughs> I think without without that, like Don't we're speak for we're me. not. I'm not. I said for myself. Um, you know, I think without that, we're not who I, I'm not who I am today. And who I am today is a lot better than the person who was here. Who you were before when we went to San Diego. Um, the, that I, I can say that, that I much. can agree with too. So I mean, it. Hmm. You know, we keep dancing around it. And <laughs> yeah, we keep I keep dancing around it, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna save it for an episode. I'm gonna save it for this. I'm gonna save it for this special moment. But okay, let me let me put a, let me put the questions aside for a second. <clears throat> and I don't know where it's gonna go after this, guys. To be honest with you, I don't. <laughs> so here's the deal. Twenty sixteen. 2017 when we moved when we left 2018 no 2017 the Going end of 2017 because we came yes. back 2019 okay yes, 2017. 2017 was kind of a weird year i had a move i was a youth pastor at my church things uh in the beginning of the year were going great um and then somewhere in the middle Kind of wasn't happy with some things. Um, wasn't happy with um I'll be honest, there's some things with church like I wasn't happy with. And I'm saying this not to um <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm I was right about everything. Um there's some things that I, you know, I I should have done better. Um but but again, twenty seventeen um there were some things happening and i was just like you know i don't i'm not really happy with how everything's panning out and i thought you know i have an uncle in san diego who always told me if i ever wanted to move <laughs> down that he would help me you know however he could and so i talked to ruthie about it and to my surprise you were actually open to it in the beginning you know i didn't yeah. think that she would because again when we were living in hawaii uh you know, you enjoyed the first few months, but you know, you you grew very unhappy being there because we felt so isolated away from family and yeah. stuff. And so, I was like, she's not gonna want to go down to San. I mean, I understand it's the same state, but she's not gonna want to go all the way down there. And the beginning, Ruthie was actually open to it, and so we started praying about it. And then we kind of made a decision, like, yeah, this is the right move for us. We need to move. And the hope was us moving to San Diego would was the door uh, for me to step into a new season of ministry with a lot more opportunities for me. Yeah. Um, because of the church I was involved with, there's a lot more churches down there in Southern California than mm -hmm. there are up here. And so there's more opportunities for ministry, like not just pastoring, but preaching and ministering and helping leaders and stuff like that. Um, so we moved. Uh, we moved in December 2017. And we got there. And within the first few months, we immediately had trouble um, financially. Like, we 
Money I mean, was we just, both took big pay cuts. We took both. Oh uh, yeah, we both took big pay cuts, and money was just not coming in like we thought it would. And it was just like we were making money, but bills were more than what we were making. So it was, it was that constant struggle. I was, I wasn't even door dashing. I was Postmates thing, <laughs> which Is Postmates. That still a thing? I don't know. Tell me, is Postmates even a thing? I don't know. But I was Postmatesing, mating, Postmating, Postmatesing. <laughs> you know, I was delivering food for Postmates. I remember that. To try to help bring in more income. Yeah. You know, and I'm talking about like Ruthie would drive me around San Diego. With the kids in the back sleeping. With the sleeping. kids in the back sleeping. And we'd be delivering food to people to make yeah. more money. Yeah. So... 2019 comes around things are a little bit better financially you know i kind of showed my job and i was working for taylor guitars so if you're a musician taylor guitars uh, probably the biggest one of the biggest acoustic manufacturers here in the in the country and uh, i had experience with instrument manufacturing so i got a job there and i kind of proved to them that i was worth what i was saying i was worth because i had so much experience um so the money was coming a little bit better a little bit more I, not perfect, but you know it was it was working out. <laughs> but there was still the stress of like finances, and I didn't. I personally didn't take it very well. I had a very hard time um, dealing with it. Mind you, we're living in San Diego. I have family there. I have a I have an uncle, and his family there. But outside of that, there isn't a whole lot of support. I didn't have a group of guys. Uh, that I could really lean mm-hmm. on and talk to and hang out with. And I'm not just talking about any guys. I'm talking about guys who believed in Jesus and, and would encourage me and use the scripture to encourage me, right? Like, And um, I'm not going to go into heavy detail, um, but at the end of the day, I messed up. And um, I wasn't, I wasn't, faithful you know i wasn't um i wasn't living the life that i was preaching and teaching others to live i had a double life and uh unfortunately it wasn't a case where i came to ruthie to confess uh you know i got busted i got caught i got you know, I. It wasn't. It wasn't because I came to Ruthie clean. Came to her clean. And that happened in the middle of 2019. Um, and it nearly ruined my life. It nearly um, destroyed our marriage. Um, it devastated our marriage, devastated Ruthie, uh, devastated what we what we had worked so hard to to build, and um, I don't even know like what to say other than like I messed up. It was my fault, hundred percent. And the reason I'm saying all this. Because obviously you can see that I'm still sitting here next to my wife. And that's not because, like, 
I'm, you know, it's not because like I'm um, such a fantastic person or because I, you know, um, I understand that, you know, I'm only here because of God's grace. Like I'm only here because, number one, I, I acknowledge that I was in sin and I repented to the Lord. I repented to my wife and uh, did anything I could to make things right. You know, did anything I could to uh, try to restore. You know, at the end of the day, what? But like I said, it's not. It wasn't me that restored anything. I didn't restore anything. It was God who restored it. You know, and and you know, Ruthie doesn't like talking about San Diego because it brings up this this mess. It, it brought up that mess. You know, the old mess, but. I mean, I wouldn't be who I am, you know, without having to go through that. And I know that I'm a better, per- like I'm a, I wouldn't say a better person. I'm a better man now than I than I was when we left for San Diego. And mind you, I was a youth pastor then. I was involved. I was doing all of that. And I'm I'm better now. Um, I'm not going to say that I, you know. There are times that I understand that my decisions have consequences. You know, I believe that heading to San Diego would lead to a pastor's position for me somewhere eventually. And I'm sitting here on this podcast. <laughs> I'm not a pastor. <laughs> I understand this consequence. And, but you know what? Like, I'm glad that I'm sitting here next to you um and it's okay that i'm not sitting (laughs) in a pastor's chair you know i'm okay with that and uh i know there are people who probably could have put two and two together there are people who know people that we trust that know this is the first time I'm really kind of like sharing openly without really controlling who's going to receive this. (laughs) Um, You know, last Easter we did like a cardboard ministry thing at our our local church. And that was the first time like I had publicly shared, but you know, we're in a church where we knew some people going in, but the majority, we didn't know any of them. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's, and so, even though I was freaking, I was so nervous that day, Easter last year, I was just so nervous because it was the first time I was sharing in public. Um, and, but I understood like that, you know, I'm, I'm, t- I'm testifying. I'm, I'm, I'm showing people that God can restore marriage and I'm a living example. We're a living example of that, you know, and, and I don't know, I know that that's not the case for everybody. I know that that, you know, some people had to go through what we went through and are divorced mm-hmm. and are probably not even on speaking terms and had destroyed their family and their marriage. But I thank God that we are not one of those, yeah. that we're a living example that God can heal and restore restore marriage. Um And when I started this podcast, I knew eventually I'd have to bring this up because it's it's part of my story. And I know that 
sharing it will probably disappoint a few. But that's okay. Because they're not the ones I have to go to bed with at night, you know. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, you can be disappointed with me. But I mean, I'm a living example that God can heal and restore marriage. And I'm here, and I'm living, I'm living, I'm breathing, I'm with my wife, I'm with my family, I'm with my kids, like, and we're moving forward. You know, is it in the same capacity I thought it was before? No. Um, but I know that it was all for a reason. It was for a purpose. If you want to go, put her. I can. I can keep this going. Trust me. Um. <clears throat> And so I was waiting for the right time to do this. I was waiting for the right time to kind of share this. But I want you to know who who's watching. You may be like, what the heck? I, I didn't expect this to, to come this way. I didn't expect this episode to head in this direction. But at the same time, my wife is here. Well, she was here. She's not here no more. She's went to go put her daughter back to sleep. But she was here when I shared this with you. And so I have her by my side to be able to share this with you and show you that that God can heal and restore marriage, that it can happen. And I'm glad that I'm an example of that. I'm glad that I'm a I'm an example of that. I'm glad that I you could see me and my wife and be like, well, there's an example that God can do that. And I don't know, maybe your marriage is in a similar situation or you've something similar has happened in your marriage. You know, but again, my wife and I are here, and we're living examples that it it can happen that God can heal and restore marriage. And now, all the other awesome thing is like I understand that even though it kind of sucks, this is part of my story. This is part of, again, this is part of like what we've gone through our history. I understand that my testimony there's power, you know. And the last thing that that the enemy wants me to do is share that. And so he will put anything in my mind or my heart to doubt, to put doubt, to put fear in me, to not share and to not be real about that. Because again, there's probably a lot of people who are dealing with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I've grown up in church all my life. I've heard the word. I understood God's, you know, commands. I've understood scripture. I've understood the importance of church and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and repenting of our sin. Guys, I grew up addicted to pornography. And it wasn't just when I was a teenager that carried into our marriage. It's something that I've I've struggled with. It's something that I have to be able to look in the face and say no. It's something that I have to talk to my wife and say, hey, like I need I need I need prayer. You know, I'm I feel weak. I need prayer, and she'll pray for me. Like it, it it's something that I. It's a weakness. It's a weakness, and I feel like sometimes, and, and shoot, man, maybe 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 God said, you know what, Benny, like, you may want to be a pastor, but I'm not going to let you be a pastor, because <laughs> you need to say some things that pastors wouldn't say, and maybe that's why I'm doing this, because I'm, I'm not a pastor. I don't have a title that I have to worry about. I don't have a, <laughs> it sounds kind of bad, but I don't have a, I don't have a, I don't have a congregation that I have to face on Sunday and preach the word to. 
thankful and in a way i'm like oh thank you jesus i don't have to like i i submit myself to a pastor and to leadership you know and 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 i'm accountable to them but like i feel like sometimes in church we get scared to share our weaknesses we get scared to share like what we're struggling mm-hmm. with because we feel like we're going to get judged and the the sad thing is, is that we do get judged and then we get yeah. outcasted and then we don't get involved because others won't let us get involved. But the reality is, is that everyone has a weakness and we all have things we struggle with. We all have pasts and, and, and history that we don't want people to know because it's so dark and it's dirty and it's not perfect. It's not clean. But this is the good news is that regardless of what you've gone through, regardless of what you've done, there's a God who loves you and Jesus had died on the cross for your sins not just for the ones you committed yesterday but for the ones you're going to commit today and tomorrow and the day after like he's died for in other words those have all been paid the only thing you got to do is acknowledge that the lord jesus the son of god died on the cross for your sins and he and accept him as your lord and savior and you are forgiven which means no one has ground to judge you anymore and if they do judge you, it has no value. It has no weight to it because you have been forgiven and bought by the blood of Jesus. I can preach. <laughs> I miss preaching, yes, but I can preach. But this is part of my story. And this is not where I thought this podcast would go. Here we are 46 minutes in and I think... I thought to myself, oh, we're going to end this. It's going to be kind of fun, and we're going to end it. But you know what? Like, again, it just came to a point where I was like, all right, I'm tired of kind of hinting to this and saying, oh, I'm going to talk about this on a future episode. One One day I will, you know, when you guys, like, subscribe to my Patreon, I will share it there, you know? Like, no. Okay, here it is. This is the true story. And the reality, too, is that, like, I'm pretty sure we're not the only ones. Like, and part of what you were saying is... A lot of people in church, sometimes we put this front that like we're perfect and we're, you know, we're, we don't have any flaws, like, you know, and the reality is that like we're real people with real problems and, you know, we, but we also have real, real promises. Yeah. Um, and cause like when you shared that thing at, um, Easter's, there was a lot of Easter's. Easter, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of people who reached out to you and Mm -hmm. were like, hey, Ben, like, you know, thank you for sharing. Like, that was me X amount of years or whatever, right? Or like, well, like, oh, we're we're going through that or, you know, you know, and and that's one of my favorite things about testimonies is that like, it can be such a healing um, story for other people and just like a story of hope too that like, Maybe there's people who would never would have thought like what like you guys like that happened to you guys yeah. like yeah you know and only to c- come to find out that you know we were able to to overcome that um, and so like it brings hope to other people and yeah um, I don't know I think there's beauty in that and there is yeah let me tell you guys and I I said this before and I'll say it again that. The clearest picture I've had of the way that Jesus loves me and he forgives me and he loves me unconditionally, like he loves me without 
me having to do anything to qualify for, for his love was the way that this woman right here loved me when we were going through that because she she did she had to dig deep <laughs> to love me but she did she she was she showed Jesus in that season of our lives to me she you know she did it wasn't she did and you know it's because of her willingness to love me like that love me unconditionally regardless of what how i hurt her and how what i did it was because of that that we were able to take steps in restoring our marriage mm-hmm. cuz at the end of the day like if ruthie didn't want to she would just she just been like boy bye like then that's <laughs> it story's over mm-hmm. you know yeah but that's the awesome thing is like even though you're going through a bad part in your story, this is the best part about living in what God has for you and living with Jesus is that your story is not over. Mm-hmm. You're going through a valley, you're going through a dark day, but guess what? You're breathing, you're breathing, you're living, you're moving. Your story's mm-hmm. not over, you know, and. That was the darkest season of my life, even up to now. And I'm 35. 35? You're living your 36th year. Oh, dang. Don't remind me. I'm getting older. (laughs) And up to this point, it's still the darkest six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven months. And I'm saying that long because even when you have to understand that this happened. you know, during late summer of 2019, we moved back to up here to to even in Northern California um, at in October of 2019. And mm-hmm. it's not like we came back and like, oh, we're like dandy. We're ready to yeah. go. You know, we there still... There was still a lot yeah, of hurt there. You were, you were hurt. There was still a lot of doubts. There was still a lot of, oh, was, I mean, we came back with the understanding that we're going to, we're going to try yeah. We're going to work this thing out. We're going to try and work this thing out. But there was still a lot of hurt there. So, I mean, and, and honestly, it wasn't until we took a step into our new church at the Promise Center and, and we started watching online in the summer of 2020 that we started to take steps towards actual healing in our marriage. Yeah, because it took me a while to like genuinely like right. forgive and say like, obviously it still hurt, but yeah. just to say like, you know what, like I forgive you. Yeah. It took me a while I know. to do that. And it and honestly guys, it took me a long time for me to forgive myself. It took me a long time to forgive myself too. You know, yeah. like there were moments that you were like, I forgive you and I'm like, but I don't really forgive myself. I don't, you know. And again, it wasn't until we had stepped in a new community, God knew what he was doing. You know, he took us and and we left our old church that we both grew up in, the church that my grandfather started. You think that was a decision that I wanted to make? You think that that's what I thought would end up happening? Mm-hmm. If anything, I thought I would be the one to take over the church. Nope. Wasn't part of God's plan. <laughs> <laughs> and he took us away into another church, another community, and, and those people were the people that we needed in our life at the right time. Yeah. Now today, not addicted to pornography, I'm surrounded by guys who love Jesus, who love me. I'm in a community. My wife, the same with when it comes to other women. Our family is in a community. Our kids are loved. We are loved. 
we have we're again we're living in Santa Rosa, so we have a lot of family around again. You know, like like God mm-hmm. knew what He was doing. Yeah. You know, and uh, I just wanted to encourage you guys that if you're living in a dark day, turn to Jesus, because and if you do that, I can guarantee you one thing, and that's that your story's not over. The best is yet to come. Joy comes in the morning, and that is a promise. That is a promise by God, is that joy comes in the morning. In other words, you may be in darkness, but when the morning comes, when the, when the day turns, joy is there waiting for you. A new day, a new day, uh, new mercies, you know, and uh, we're living examples of that. And I can't stress enough that my wife, who I love and I've been married to now for over 10 years, it has been the perfect, um, well, you haven't been perfect, but (laughs) she has been the picture of the way Jesus loves me. So, man, that's not the way I thought that episode would go. Yeah, that wasn't on the notes. But I was definitely not on the notes, but I'm glad that it went there. Listen, if if you are struggling, if you have any con- anything, not concerns, but if, if you need help, if you need support, reach out to me, send me a DM. I'd love to, 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 to talk with you, to encourage you. But I would encourage you, if you're not plugged into a, a life-giving community, a life-giving mm-hmm. church, get plugged into one. Surround yourself with people who love you. Surround yourself with people who will encourage you. That's going to be the first step towards healing, for sure. Mm-hmm. And again, I understand that our case isn't the same for everybody. Yeah. I know that there are going to be marriages that, that break and don't get restored. I'm still going to tell you that I understand it's dark. It's a dark day, but your story's not over. It's not. And that's the beautiful thing about what God does is he takes these crooked sticks and makes a straight line. Because it's not about the crooked sticks. It's not about how straight we are. God is the one that that keeps everything straight. You know, He uses imperfect people to form in His perfect plan, and He's the one that works all things. He works it all together for the good of those who love Him, for the good of those who serve Him, and uh, that's been the case in our life. So, yeah. Anything else you want to say? Okay, I love you. I love you too. Thank you so much for being here beside me. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. We kept it pretty real on this episode. (laughs) Um, Thank you guys so much for your support. Like I said before, subscribe, comment, share with a friend. Um, I think this this one's going to bless somebody out there. If you know somebody who's had a similar situation like me, Um, or who's struggling now, send this episode to them. I'd love for them to hear it so they are encouraged, so they know that the best is yet to come. Thank you guys so much for for, for being here on this week's episode. Until next time, peace out.